0: Are you looking for whole food supplements for your ketogenic lifestyle? Then let me introduce you to Further Food. Go to furtherfood.com and you'll see that they source the highest quality ingredients on the planet. They have collagen peptides and my favorite, the gelatin powder to make those yummy gummies. And all of it is sourced from grass-fed, pasture-raised bovine collagen from Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay. Guys, this is really high-quality collagen. Collagen and gelatin. There's no hormones or antibiotics. It's non GMO and it's the most tasteless and easiest to use on the market. And if you're not using collagen and gelatin, you need to be adding this to your ketogenic lifestyle. It helps reduce wrinkles, increase skin elasticity, making your skin firmer and softer. Collagen helps nails and hair grow longer and stronger while helping to rebuild your bones and strengthen your joints and ligaments. Collagen also helps with digestion and will help you curb your carb cravings. Again, head on over to furtherfood.com, enter the coupon code JIMMY at checkout, and you'll get 20% off your order. Elevate your wellness. Further Food.
1: the show.com.
0: Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the living low carb show with Jimmy Moore. And today I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast, a lady by the name of Dawn Cleman. And I met Dawn at one of those keto conferences last year. It was in, at Keto Fest in New London, Connecticut. And I was immediately drawn to her and that big, beautiful smile you have, Dawn. that was what was really <laughs> cool to see. And I remember we were talking about uh, you getting more involved in this space of keto uh, because you yourself have an incredible story that I definitely want you to talk about. And now you're taking that passion for keto and living life and and all the things that you do, which we're going to hear about here in a minute, and you're running with it. So I'm really proud of you. I'm really glad we were able to get you here today on the Live and Levita Low Carb Show. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Jimmy. I'm thrilled to be here. And as you described, it really was a life-changing moment when we had a chance to meet at Keto Fest. The impact that you had was huge, not only for me, but I'm sure for so many because you're just so willing to provide these moments of like, just shine, don't be afraid. So <laughs> so it's really allowed me to do it and go for it and trust myself and you know, just I'm finding that it's just right and it's exciting. So thank you for that.
0: You're very welcome. You know, it's interesting, Dawn, as I put out that message quite often in my work now, because I'm one of those people that if you've been blessed, you bless others. And I pay it forward all the time, trying to encourage people like yourself to get involved. You know how many people actually do it? It would be less than 5% probably. (laughs) So kudos to you for taking it and running with it. But let's back up a bit. Tell us more of your keto journey, because everybody has a story about how they got to this way of eating and how it changed their life. Tell us yours.
2: Okay. Well, um, you know, throughout my childhood, I would had always been kind of a sweet tooth, um, but never really gained weight. Like I really had the benefits of enjoying fun food, but not uh, having to pay the price. Yeah. Um, but it was really when I got into adulthood and dun, I went dun, off to dun. college. Yes. It all <laughs> happens. And I'm not sure how much of it was just the body changing as much as being free and being allowed to like eat whatever I want and being broke. So I'm only eating the worst kind of foods (laughs) out there. You know? Yeah. So I started gaining weight and I started spending the little little bit of money that I had trying to lose the weight that I had gained. So I had started doing all those programs, you know, the Weight Watchers and, you know, Nutrisystem and all that kind of stuff. And the more that I tried to lose it, the more I gained. So... Um, you know, that kind of went on and on. And then when I had kids, it really packed on the pounds and I started to notice problems. Like I was foggy headed at work. I wasn't being able to focus. I wasn't being as productive as I wanted to be. I was fatigued all the time, just thinking that I was, um, overwhelmed with work and family and that sort of thing. So I actually, um, had lap band surgery and had it removed because of complications with that. And that was just devastating to me because this was my last ditch effort. This was all I could do. And it was not successful. So I didn't, you know, I became kind of hopeless around weight. And that continued really until I found keto where um, I had really given up on the whole thing. I was letting myself gain more and more weight and just, just really not loving myself. And it was with keto that I kind of became obsessed, like it became a thing that, oh my God, this is the answer that I've been looking for. It just yeah. seemed to kind of fall in my lap and it has really made sense for me. So, so it's so a good,
0: how did you find keto? What was the exposure that, that led you to say, oh, let me try that. I haven't tried that before.
2: Well, I was actually home um, and watching the morning news. And there was a a woman who was on a local channel, Really talking about keto, and I'm not sure if she was a, I think she was a nutritionist or um, something like that. And How she really was this? this was in 2017. 2017, and it was amazing. Okay. Yeah, it was amazing because she really she made it so matter of fact, and she talked <laughs> about you know eating fat, and that yes. was ridiculous. Did you know, that know?
0: like <laughs> send bells and whistles off in your. Head? Wait, 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 wait a minute. I can yes, eat fat and lose I can weight. Fat. What? What? I
2: can do that. <laughs> It was like this two sides of my brain. One side was like, yes, thank you. You know, and then the other side was like, that's ridiculous. That can't be true. She's lying. Like, who is this woman? So um, but once I saw that, it made me do some research. And the more that I looked at it, the more I said, it makes sense, you know, and I might as well try it. And I tried it.
0: And two years ago, this was not near as popular as it was last year in twenty eighteen and 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 definitely this year that more and more people are talking keto, 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 keto is everywhere now. So twenty seventeen, you were kind of right on the cusp of kind of learning and it becoming popular. So kudos to that nutritionist for being willing to be on TV. And yes. wouldn't it be funny if full circle Don Kleeman ends up on television now talking about crazily talking about eating lots of fat for, for your, I home. would
2: love to do that one. Yes. I would love that. If it's true, it's It's just, it's a matter of getting it out there and letting people know that this is really an option for you. And it makes sense. That's it makes right. sense.
0: So what's your occupational background? What do you do for a living?
2: So I'm a clinical psychologist. Um, I've been licensed for just about 20 years, a little less than 20 years. Um, and most of my work has been with children and families um, adolescents, that kind of thing, yeah. and people struggling to kind of get ahead and to recognize their their ability and strengths. they've just been kind of you know I've worked with people who have been incarcerated or who are needing a lot of extra support yeah um and so part of what has been interesting for me is Really being able to um, see instead of the illness and the diagnoses and the problems, really being able to see people's strengths and what they really bring and mm-hmm. building on that. So that's that's been a huge piece of keto for me is really trusting that for myself and then applying that with other people.
0: So, Don, I'm curious if in the psychology universe, it's the same as the medical establishment. Did you get very much nutrition education on the role that various diet uh, modalities would have on brain health and how that affects your mood and your behavior? Anything like that when you were trained?
2: Not at all. No, wow. no, mm-mm. that was not. And again, like I said, this has been, you know, about 20 years ago. But I know at that point that was not at all on the radar for me in my program. It was Still, not.
0: I mean, yeah. you would think, especially now that you yourself have experienced the effects of what a ketogenic diet has done to your mood and your brain health and mm-hmm. all of the things that kind of are related to what you do occupationally. Are you kind of mad that you never learned about this connection that diet had so intricately with uh, basically, what's your livelihood?
2: That's right. No, I, I mean, it was it was frustrating because what I found out is that this is something that I've known for myself, but I hadn't seen it talked about in the literature or explored where I really started to see it at least be considered is as we got more into brain health and um, neurology. And I actually had been always very afraid of that. So I didn't want to touch it. I, yeah. I you know, it was very intimidating to me. But then when I worked more and more with trauma, you couldn't avoid that. And oh, yeah. so now I'm seeing that not only can trauma occur outside of the body and from the environment, um, but it really can occur from the foods that we eat and the things that we expose our bodies to, you know, in what we take in. Um, So that's when I started to explore nutritional psychology. And I've been working on that. So that, like you said, it was it was something that was missing. And I think the field is becoming more and more responsive to the fact that we've got to integrate people as whole people that that we can't separate, you know, the mind from the body or even from the spirit, that all of these things are factors that have to be considered and are necessary if people are going to be well rather Mm. than sick, you know. Yeah, Very the, important.
0: The more I interview various people in various parts of the, the health system, so to speak, uh, the more I'm seeing that this whole integrated whole health, whole yes. body, spirit, mind, all of that needs to be taken into consideration. The unfortunate thing is your colleagues in the psychology world, the medical people in the traditional conventionally trained kind of medical doctors. They're all kind of caught in a system. That is broken, like hopelessly broken. That keto could be part of the answer, and not just keto, but that's definitely what we're what we're talking about here today. Right? Um, but other modalities of lifestyle, you know, getting good sleep and stress Absolutely. management. I mean, I'm sure that's something you underscore quite a bit through your own work that could, you know, wreak havoc on your body.
2: Absolutely. That's that's everything. That's how um, I became involved with the um, the coaching that I'm doing because what you see and again from my own experience as i got deeper and deeper into keto i saw that it's not enough just to change what I, or at least working just on my nutrition i was doing everything that i could but unless I'm able to make adjustments in other places in my lifestyle whether it was like you said sleep has been critical for me yes. that's my my issue right there sleep and as I saw changes in my sleep I saw that my eating improved the way that I felt my response to the foods that I was eating changed so you can't just look at it as only and and here's the other thing is that because so much of our food is fake and artificial no i had <laughs> Right. It's, it's so dampened our ability to pay attention and be aware of our bodies. You know, I mean, we just don't even understand what our bodies are trying to tell us. So keto really, really opened my eyes to this, this communication that I can have with my body. And the more that I trusted that and like, you know, helped my body along by giving it foods that were, you know, that stimulated my brain, the healthy fats that I can eat and, and avoiding as much. Processed food as I can and really wiping it. For me, sugar is devastating to my system. Now, that, you know, as you know, is not. Necessarily true for everyone. I mean, there's this the bioindividua bioindividuality that those we talk people about.
0: People that have that <laughs> ability to handle sugar better.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do because it's not fair. But but then again, I have you know I'm blessed in these other ways with food. Maybe I don't have the same stress responses it's that true. they do. Yeah, you know. So it's really paying attention to that, and for me, keto is exactly right because of my reaction to sugar um, and recognizing the interplay of all that. So. For me, what I'm seeing is that if you can help people connect with their bodies and be able to trust their their bodies and make adjustments, little adjustments in their lifestyle, maybe it's simply, you know, having regular contact with other people, going outside and being in the sunshine. I mean, just simple things that we can do to help ourselves um, optimize our, our our health and our sense of wellness everything falls in place, you know, so that, that's been critical.
0: Why don't you think more people do those kinds of things? Is it just a lack of knowledge that, that they're just ignorant about what those things are that they could be doing, uh, especially in this day and age where we have so much information at our fingertips? People are listening to this podcast right now. They're getting information all the time. It can't be an information issue. It has to be, a okay, that sounds fishy. I don't know if I believe I, <laughs> that I need yeah. to get out in the sun. I don't think I need to believe that I need to eat more fat in my diet. What What is it?
2: Jimmy, I think that's a great question, because I think it's different for every person. I think we all have obstacles to trusting ourselves. I think that's the bottom line. I think when we're overwhelmed and bombarded with so much information, you don't hear your own thoughts. You don't hear the signals from your body. You become reliant on this external, all this external stimuli and information, and you're, you're drowned out in all of that. And I can't tell you how frustrated I had been coming into keto with how resistant, I mean, I hate to say that, but how resistant I felt like people were to Mm -hmm. getting information and like reading about what differences there are that are possible for them. People seem to be um, very passive in their health and um and I thought it was like kind of a laziness. I That's what I had thought it was. Yeah. But um. but more and more, I'm thinking it's it's people don't trust themselves. Just like I was saying to you, I mean, coming into this process, I didn't believe that any of this was possible for me.
0: I have a theory the- about that. I have a theory as to why people are so passive. I think it's because of all the years of failed diets that they've been told by, by well-meaning medical professionals, you're just not going low fat hard enough. You're just not doing the right things, even though that person knows they've done all the quote right things. And so I think you get so tired of beating yourself up again and again and again that you're like, okay, well screw it. I'm going to do nothing.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, and you stop again. It's, it's, it must be me. It must be something I'm doing. It's I'm the problem. And Nobody ever says like maybe my doctor never learned anything about nutrition. No. Maybe they're not the right source for me, you know, in in understanding what I need. Nobody questions that, and and I think more and more we're having to hold each other accountable. Not only hold medical and psychological, but also ourselves accountable for our own health. That it's not it's not just going to be uh, one person or one organization's responsibility it's 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 again an integrative effort you know we all have to do this together and not rely on other people i've I've lost too many people too many family members to this sort of like well they told me i needed this treatment and they told yep. me i needed that and they're on their deathbed jimmy i mean and mm. i'm thinking why i know this isn't the answer i know this isn't the answer
1: Living la vida low carb. Talking about a low carb diet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Getting your body healthy. and ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis, a ketogenic life. Yeah, a real time indicator for ketosis called ketonics. It measures your breath for ketones. Are you burning fat? Uh-huh. It's the first of its kind. All my ketonians, where you at? Where you Hey, I'm just here to let you know. Wanna look and feel incredible? We live in la vida low carb. Get your body healthy and live long. Hey. Keep my fats high, high and my carbs low. Need my glucose down right now, pronto. Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo. With ketonix, now I'm in the burning fat zone. Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we own it. Yeah, yeah, with ketonics. I'm burning fat and I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. Living La Vida, low carb. I do this every day. If you wanna burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah. Go to ketonics.co. And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com. Woo.
2: One of the things that made keto so important to me was um my own, my mom's birth story with me and my experience with my own kids was an example of not trusting the, you know, the status quo, the medical establishment. I, I somehow came into this earth having some skepticism from the gate. And so I think that was uh, part of what made me be open to to a different way. Talk you about know. that a little more, Dawn. Go, go ahead. OK, well, from 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 my experience, my mom, when she was pregnant with me, she was overseas. She's a black woman, you know, overseas in another country. And she was having all kinds of physical symptoms. And as much as she told her doctors about it, nobody really listened and nobody believed her and she ended up having, um, a stroke and her kidneys collapsed and she had to have an emergency C-section for me. And from mm. that point forward, she was on dialysis and wow. she died on dialysis after 20 years. She died when I was 20 years old. Wow. Um, and, and what, what's crazy about that is that I've always known that she knew better than they did. And if they had listened to her, that didn't have to happen. I mean, what she was experiencing from what I understand was preeclampsia, which was completely manageable. Yeah. That could have been managed. But instead, you know, she trusted or I, I don't know that she trusted them, but she she was poo pooed. She wasn't allowed to trust herself. Right. Um, you know, or to be able to have any agency for herself to do something different um, for her own health. And so I that was huge. And with my daughter and this is crazy, Jimmy, my daughter was I had uh, a midwife, but I also, because she was a midwife, she had to be supervised by a physician. And I was, of course, I had gestational diabetes, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so they were worried that the baby was going to be too big and that I was approaching my due date, but that the physician was going to be on vacation. And so, I mean, <laughs> not having the baby before the vacation was not very convenient. So <laughs> they had to induce my daughter, you know, wow. so that So that they could, you know, so they didn't have the risk of me going beyond my due date, I think is what was going on. Right. Well, she I had used um, hypnobirthing in the process of preparing for birth so that I wouldn't rely on, um, you know, pain medications or epidurals or anything like that. So that was huge because, again, I was learning to listen to my body and I was taught to breathe down the baby and to um, instead of tightening my body in response to pain which is what we do i mean you stiffen and you bristle and and by doing that that tension actually increases your pain your experience of pain and so relaxing the body and breathing actually decreased pain and i never did have to use um, pain medication but and i was in labor for 13 14 hours but in the process of that her heartbeat stopped and i could hear it on the monitor where her heartbeat would slow and and then it would stop and the only thing that would keep her breathing was jimmy i had to literally breathe oxygen to her. I had to breathe into my diaphragm down into the baby. And, and the only thing that kept her alive, because they were waiting for the anesthesiologist to come because they knew they were going to have to do an emergency C-section. So while they're waiting, the only thing that's keeping oxygen to her brain was me being able to use what I had learned with the hypnobirthing to keep oxygen going to her. And I'm going to tell you when I went into the, the operation operating room, you know, they knock you out with this, you know, with the med- so you're totally unconscious. And I I remember going into the operating room, and all of a sudden I could not hear her heartbeat on the monitor. That was my everything to hear her heartbeat. That was telling me everything I needed to know. And all of a sudden I couldn't hear it. And I remember like hollering, "What what's going on? Why can't I hear her?" And they knocked me out. And that was the last thing I remember. Well, in the process of the C section, apparently. She was dead when she was born and she was dead for 10 minutes. Wow. She was dead. And she was, thank God, the the um, pediatrician resuscitated her After for 10 minutes. She kept doing CPR on my daughter. And she brought her back. And that child is 17 years old and is perfect in every way and has no... I have no known consequences of that birth other than knowing that she's a miracle. Other than that, that's her only consequence. And I'm grateful for that. Um, So that all comes from trusting myself rather than, I mean, what would have happened? And if I, and, and the, the, the way that that happened was them intervening on my body. If I had not been induced, because now I know that inductions actually are contributors to stillbirths. And that's what happened. And who tells you that? Nobody tells you that. No. So it's the same thing that we're dealing with, with, you know, the nutritional world is that we don't know, we're not getting all the information. And some of that is because the doctors don't always know. But, but the bottom line is you got to trust that, you're your best expert and whatever we can do to help ourselves know that. And, and the amazing thing is, and I'll be quiet. I know I'm going on and on.
0: (laughs) You're passionate. (laughs) I could tell this is, this is your heart, Dawn.
2: Oh, it's it's amazing. I will say to you that with my second child, he was, um, he, we did everything. We waited to go to the hospital because of the interventions that happened with my daughter with him. We stayed at home, did, you know, hypnobirthing, did, Everything we could until we abs- absolutely had to get to the hospital. And when we got to the hospital, he had st- my water had not broken yet. And they didn't believe I was in labor. And it was obvious I was in labor, but they didn't believe it because my water had not broken. Right. Well, long story short, he was born in the sack. And if you've ever heard, he in fact, what was so crazy was because he was born in the sack, he came flying out like literally. <laughs> this is too visual, too much information. I know that. TMI, TMI. <laughs> but he literally came flying out, and the nurse had to literally catch him in the air. And he's been running ever since. But but he literally came flying out, and I'm gonna tell you that that there's so few people who have been born in the sack and it's considered to be prophetic for someone to be born in that way. Wow. And so not only <laughs> trusting myself did that help me but it it created this life this opportunity for him that is yet to be determined. Like we yeah. don't know what that's going to lead for him but so I just I just really believe in that and keto is the quintessential example of that. It's perfect for that.
0: Well, and now keto's kind of taken you and uh uh, you're running with it. You're you're taking this has changed your world, has changed your life. And uh, you now have your psychodynamics, uh, well, uh, care coaching that you do. Uh, PSYDSolutions.com uh, is your website of what you're doing. So to tell them uh, what you do there.
1: OK, so
2: essentially um, I'm I am practicing as a clinical psychologist in terms of doing assessments, psychological evaluations. And in part, doing that has allowed me to include an assessment of nutritional and well wellness. Um, So is that quality rare? of life? It is, as far as I know, quite unusual to include those yeah. um, components. And it's coming into, you know, it's something that is done in other settings, like in medical settings, when you're dealing with say uh, diabetes or um, cancer, they will measure quality of life because we know that just because you have an illness or a disease does not mean that you are not able and capable of having joy in your life and fulfillment and purpose. And so one of the things that is a measure of how a person is progressing and in, in applying change is how they are functioning in terms of quality of life. How do they feel in terms of their satisfaction? So along with more objective measures, which I also use, I'm also measuring subjectively. How do you feel? What are the places in your life that are most important to you? And how do you think you're doing in those areas? Mm-hmm. And by focusing on that, along with looking at how nutrition is impacting their mental health functioning, that helps To really clearly start to draw a line between, okay, if we can make some changes in their lifestyle and nutritionally, some of these symptoms that they're struggling with um, can perhaps be mitigated or alleviated. And that's so important because when people recognize that, you know, they've been doing everything they can and for whatever reason, they've still got the system kind of beaten on them and telling them that they're not doing good enough to hear that there's some other explanations, that it's more than just you it there's other things that are impacting your functioning and that if if you focus on the things that are important to you you actually can see change and that it can be long lasting change and that it can result in you being able to to move quickly much more quickly through those problems than you had in the past wow. so i'm using that in my psychological assessments but then with the coaching I love it, Jimmy. It is it's, it's so it's so consistent with with everything that I believe, and it's finally a place where um, instead of focusing on, like I said, on a, on illness and disorder, you're really, really focusing on people's strengths. And, you know one of the pieces that I use is, you know, you look at we all have intrinsic strengths. All of us carry them with us. and some of them are more available to us in certain circumstances than in others. And certainly the impact of, you know, inheritance and uh, environmental factors play into that. But if you can start to tease out the things that are strengths for me, so for example, for me, gratitude, spirituality, um, zest, creativity, honesty, those are my top five strengths. Those are the things that show up for me Pretty much all the time. Very natural for me. They're easy for me to bring them forward, and then sometimes they show up a little bit too much. Like, you know, it's kind of like I need to tamp that down a little bit. Like the honesty
0: part, especially, (laughs) Don.
2: Right? TMI. You know, so sometimes you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them. But for the most part, you got to know what what you bring to the table so that you can really maximize, you know, your success and. By having that information and people have awareness about what they want and that it's not what, you know, you know, somebody else is telling you you need to work on. It's actually the things that are important to you, that when you make movement in one area, it actually affects your ability to make movement in other areas. And 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 it's coming from a perspective that everyone is creative and resourceful and they're whole. They don't need someone else necessarily to to tell them what's best for them. They have within them what they need to do it. We just need to allow them to do that. So that's been a beautiful experience for me.
0: Well, you certainly have within you uh, an ability to communicate. And you're now using that ability through a YouTube channel. And I I think I inspired that. So (laughs) I'm pretty happy for you because as soon as I was talking to you and anybody listening to you today, Dawn, can hear the passion that's in your voice and that you're really into this particular subject and wanting to get the message out. So kudos to you for making an impression enough on me that I say, go start a YouTube video. You did that. You <laughs> sure
1: did. And you're doing
0: it now. You call this B, the letter B, Keto, and you have an accompanying Facebook group and page uh, and so many things uh, around this B Keto concept on Instagram, B underscore Keto 18 Facebook, B Keto, uh, the letter B Keto 1-8, Um, tell us a little more about Be Keto and the book club that you do and and what you do with that.
2: Well, Be Keto was, like you said, it was really inspired by this sense that, you know, you have, you have strengths within you and we need to not be afraid to shine. And that the more that we're connected to our bodies, the more that our natural being can be realized. And so, rather than it being about me telling you what's best for you. The purpose of Be Keto is to help people find that for themselves um, and be empowered and really to unlock their own keto, that everybody's keto is respectable and that it is individualized and that we share in each other's power, that the more um each of us grows, the more we all grow. And so it's really using the support of other people and kind of giving each other permission to try something different and Mm -hmm. keto is definitely definitely different because you don't (laughs) it's definitely different and when you're in the world with other people there's not a lot of support for that i mean frankly everybody else thinks it's nuts and you're killing yourself and you know so it was important to have um a group that would allow that conversation to happen so the Facebook group does that and very effectively such warm people in there and supportive people and people at all different stages of keto, you know, people just putting their baby toe in and trying it. Um, And other people are full throttle and, you know, trying to expand on their keto, trying fasting or, you know, just different aspects of keto that, that can be helpful for them. So that's exciting. And the uh, Be Keto book club is really an opportunity to again, get the information, like don't be passive. Don't wait for me to tell you, don't wait for somebody else in the group to tell you what you need to do or what keto is really go and do your own research. Because one of the things we know about um, the stages of change is that that knowledge and that awareness and sort of that investment that we make actually makes our chances of, of making change more likely and more possible. And so Anytime you have somebody telling you, giving you sort of this, you know, this is what I do and this is what you have to do. And anything that deviates from that is not good. That I don't trust that. I don't, I tell, I suggest that you run from that because it really is up to us to have the information. So I'm giving them the titles of books that I found so critical. I mean, one of the first books we read was Keto Clarity, you know, and that was, Huge because that was a book that helped, as you know, your book. You you know but yes, it was huge for us because and for me, because it clarified, it helped me understand what is this that people are talking about and how do all these different parts of my health relate to each other and, and how do I even do this thing? You know, and it gave factual information that also I could apply to myself. And and so and it was credible because the more that you read, one of the things I've always believed about truth is that The more resources you pull together, the more true it should become. It should, you know, it should it should hold up, you know, and and the more that I read, the more accurate it seemed to be. And so I had confidence in it. And so my point with the Keto Be Keto book club is to encourage people to access the information because different books were have different value to people. You know, it means one book that meant something to me and made all the difference for me, may not really speak to somebody else. You know, like another one that really tipped me over was um uh Gary Taub's Why We Get Fat. And um and that was huge because yeah. it explained everything I was going through. Like it talked me through the whole thing. Like finally, I mean it almost brought me to tears because it really explained what was true for me and why I I was going crazy all these years because what the world was telling me was not accurate. So anyway, so that's what the book club is about is just providing people the information to use or not do what you want with it, but it's there.
0: So Don, uh, before I let you go, I have to follow up on what you said a little bit earlier. You said, you know, you still have the family members and people in your life that are poo pooing on keto. Do you sense that's changing at all? And if it is, um, what do you think is, is happening? And if it's not, what needs to happen to make it happen?
2: I think, Think that it's changing. Um, but I, I do think it's changing because more and more people are trying it. They're doing a little thing bit of a- it, it, where yeah. it wasn't didn't used to be. No, it's it's out there, people are talking about it, it's in the news. Although you get varying points of view the same, you know, on the same day that you read about how it's life changing <laughs> for one person the next minute, you're reading how it'll kill you. You know, so it's yeah, don't hard listen to, to know
0: Jillian Michaels. Right. right. I was going to
2: say <laughs> he's one that I had on my mind. We
0: weren't going to so, mention her name on this podcast, but you kind of have to
2: in this case. Yeah. And, I, you know, and so it's hard to know what's true. And so what I see as challenging for people is they're living in this world where um, you're just really um, overwhelmed by the other kinds of foods that are out there and people don't believe that they're capable of letting those things go. They don't know that you can make you have in fact, you kind of have to replace those things with healthy fats in, in order for this to actually work. And, yeah. and I think there's so much fear about that still. And I think, It's just people are afraid that it won't work for them because they don't it's like I can't let go of my sugar. I can't I can't let go of my, you know, all the stuff I put in my coffee and what I eat when I before I go to bed and my bowl of cereal and all these things. So I think the more that we can build people's sense of capacity and that they actually can do the things that serve them best and that they can experiment with some support. Um, then I, I think it will get better. I just think we have to model for people. and yes. you know, I think we have to continue just be open and not be because I was kind of um aggressive. <laughs> In the past with my keto and i think that was not a good approach i think i had to um be a little more open to answering questions rather than telling people so much of what to do so well, and
0: you don't have to do that as much anymore because i think most people in general know kind of the basics and i love that keto puts a finer point on it than just low carb low yeah. carb could also be low fat and we know that's no bueno well, but yeah, keto right. puts the finer point on it of okay when you reduce the carbs you replace it with healthy yeah. fats and get moderate amounts of protein and that's how you're restoring your body to better health.
2: But I think the the biggest thing that I could say is you know, the focus that you and other people have put on real food, I think that's the opening. That's yes. the door. I think that is that's where the we're going to be. advantage of all these different yes, diets exactly. that
0: are out there paleo, primal, even vegan, yes. we can all rally around real whole foods.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the common denominator.
0: So, which I seems agree. so weird that you have to put a qualifier in front of the word uh, food by calling it real. real. <laughs> so, so are we going to call all the other things in there fake, uh, fake. or, yeah. uh, what I like to call food, like disease agents, yeah, a lot of the stuff sold in grocery stores. That's
2: right. <laughs> that is exact, And it's true. And, and, but starting to get people to recognize that. And again, to rebel against this, the food industry that I, we are no longer su- expect supporting this and, and accepting it you know, that we want real food, all these ingredients, things that I can't pronounce that make me, you know, no, I'm not going to accept that. So I think it's, it's pushing against that, that it has to be real. And I think that's someplace that so many of us can rally around keto or not. It, we can all agree on that.
0: And even in the so-called healthier foods, because we're seeing like organic. The other day I was in Costco and they threw organic on a, a bag of croutons. So it's oh, like, okay, you look on the back, organic wheat, organic, yeah. or, you know, uh, spelt, or, organic. <sighs> and it was like organic, organic, organic. And I'm like, that does not make it healthy.
2: <laughs> no, my favorite is natural flavors. Cause oh. I'm like, what the heck you know what that is, is right? That? You,
0: you've, you've heard what natural flavors could be, right? Tell me. Beaver glands. Oh, gosh. That's one of the natural flavors that is popularly used. Cause it tastes like raspberries apparently. Oh my god! <laughs> I know oh. I just uh, made everybody hurl and drive I off the side it. of the road now. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they're eating and they're loving it, sopping it up. So uh, yeah. So yes, yeah.
0: avoid any food that has in the ingredients list natural. Flavors because you just never know what's in that. So and on that note, we're gonna say goodbye to Dawn Kleeman. Uh check her out, you guys. She does have the B Keto Facebook uh, page over at Be keto 18 uh, Facebook.com slash the letter B K-E-T-O-18. Also on Instagram, B underscore keto one eight. And then of course her website, P S Y D Solutions.com. Are you seeing clients?
2: I am. I am. I'm seeing coaching clients as we speak. So I encourage people to to check it out. You check can do out. a uh, uh, just a consultation if they just want to talk about how this may work for them. Certainly worth having a conversation.
0: Absolutely. Well, Don, it was too long since Keto Fest to have you on the show, but I'm so glad we had you here today on the Livin' La Vida Low
1: Carb Show. Thank you, Jimmy. the living low carb show.com
2: disc